This is your boy Joey from the Soul Wizard Podcast, and you are tuned into the Underground Opolis. <laughs> We are here with the Earps from Phoenix, Arizona. Kind of a would you say is would you say is a cowpunk band? Yeah, yes would we you? are. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of. I just had Nine Pound Hammer on. I had a, a oh, wow. had J, I had Jason Ringenberg on. I have I've had JB Beverly on. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I'm trying to do a series of cowpunk cowpunk you know bands and pioneers and. So yeah, well, the the nine pound hammer Blaine, it's kind of funny because we we played a few shows with Nashville Pussy, so we're we're kind <laughs> of uh um our, our our former bass player uh, Georgie, you you probably met him as Jason, yeah, uh, yeah. a couple shows with him. He was like nine pound hammer for like three or four shows, so there's like there's a weird connection there, so it's kind of cool. How how would you personally describe the music you make? Who wants to take this? You want to take this, Jeff? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I, I'm I'm kind of the new guy in the band, which means I've been in about three years. The band's history goes out about back about 15. But um, when I first heard it, you know, they were telling me about cow punk, and I've been a little familiar with it. But now when I describe it to people, I always tell people, imagine if the Ramones were from Arkansas, what that might sound like. <laughs> yeah, I like so, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always like punk songs with a twangy guitar in it and just kind of rocks out. So, yeah, no, that's exactly what we do. And that's kind of the history of the band that's built on. We've kind of got into some, you know, in the last album kind of moved into some more pop and, and stuff like that, which, um, you know, more all, all rock type of stuff, but we're, we're true to our roots, man. And the shows are definitely based up of mostly that cow punk stuff. And that's what people come to see. Yeah. A lot of the one, two, three, four. Do you have a particular creative process that you use? Is there in terms of, of writing songs, right, writing songs? Yeah. Um, usually it's just kind of a riff or, or like a, a melody. It'd be, it'd be, you know, definitely music first. In terms of that, probably like music and guitar riffs, something drums, and then you just kind of do lyric second, definitely. Just try to find something to fit the fit the music. But it's just, uh, you know, when I think of something, it's just kind of like a hodgepodge. I'll listen to five songs that I really like, and uh, I'll just try to like blend them all together. And I guess it's up to the listener to interpret where I got them from, <laughs> so to speak. Let me ask you this. Do you guys use Gorilla Amps? Because of the Jackass you know, Acres video. That was, yes. There was one that was in there. And so, you know what's funny is this is the actual room that Jackass Acres, if you see, the funny thing is if you see this roof, how it's black up here, right? Um, yeah. So that that's just like the black rafters. That's exactly where we uh, where we filmed Jackass Acres in this very room. And we were all stuffed underneath like that little area over there. And we just made like a little, uh, oh, that's kind of, that's a little bit better. 
but yeah, that's uh, this this was the room. So um, the Gorilla amp, it's like a little tiny small practice amp with maybe an eight inch speaker, you know, like something really small, and it, it just kind of worked for like the puppets using stacks, you know. I was like, please tell me I use gorillas. Please tell me. Yeah. Kevin <laughs> would text us the day of the rehearsal and say, you know, instead of showing up with your instruments, everybody wear long sleeve black t-shirts. Yeah. So that we would do like black t-shirts over the puppets in the green screen. <laughs> Cover the arms. Exactly. <laughs> do you have a favorite show you've played? Hmm. Oh, God. That's since, uh, hmm. Going back a ways. Yeah, we gotta go back a ways. So we we we've been together since two thousand three. Uh, me and Matt, this guy right here, um, and uh, shit. What's your favorite show, man? I mean, I I would think it too that we played with uh, Nashville Pussy, which one with Priestess. Remember that? Oh, uh, the clubhouse. Yeah, that yeah. was a cool show. And then we played like the Revan Hort Heat shows were actually a lot of fun. Yeah. That was those are good times. All those shows are fun. So yeah, it's kind of one of those things. That top two. Yeah, whenever those bands, like those bigger bands, roll into town, we always get the phone call to be the support band. You know what I mean? So we're kind of always, always a groomsman, but never a groom <laughs> <laughs> type of deal. But yeah, that's uh, I would say, yeah. What do we? Hmm. Yeah, I, I would say probably the, the any of the marquee. We have like this. Uh, we have this uh, – so uh, when we actually rolled through town about 10 years ago, we played the Phoenix Theater in Louisville. I guess they tore it down. Yeah, Phoenix Hill Tavern. Yeah, Phoenix Hill. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. That was so, a big one. Yeah, yeah, they tore it down. Yeah. I guess apparently I, I saw the link on that. That was a big was, venue. Yeah, it? it was like all the – we did karaoke in one room after the show. Yeah. And it was just like a maze, you know. But uh, that was kind of cool, like all those places that we went. But I would say, uh, yeah, this place called the Marquee Theater here in Phoenix, we played there a lot. And it's like a big – you know, it's like a – you know, 2,500 seat arena type of thing or whatever. And, uh, and that's it. That's yeah. That, that'd probably be like one of the favorite shows in those, in the big places for sure, because it sounds cavernous and you know, when they mic your stuff up, you're not just playing at a club. I mean, it's a full on proper, you know, auditorium type place. That one show we played with Revan on that venue, I broke a stick and I threw it out and it hit the sidewalk and nailed this kid in the chest. Like, and apparently it was this kid's birthday. He was like seven or eight. And it was this kid's birthday. And I, someone came in and told me like, hey, man, you hit a kid. And I was like, oh, shit, are you kidding me? And they're like, no, but he's super happy. It's like his birthday. And they're like, they just want you to sign his stick. And his parents are there. And the kid's just smiling. And I was like, ah, I'm sorry, man. But he was like, he's like, best day of my life. You know what I mean? Like. It was pretty funny. I'm just glad I didn't kill I know. I was like, oh, shit. Like, outside of his cheek. You know what I mean? Like, bam, right in the face. Like, so that was that was the Revenant Horde cheese. That was, that was fun. <laughs> Good times, man. Yeah. I usually aim for adults. You know what I mean? I try to. But <laughs> Anyone's fair game. Right. <laughs> Here's the counter question. What Do you have a worse show? <laughs> that you that with a cool story behind it. <laughs> okay, yeah, actually, the ten year anniversary show at the Blues. Oh, is that, that what we were? So that, yeah, that was okay. That was, so yeah, so we had our <laughs> we had our ten year anniversary show, and this is probably like I don't know at the height of our popularity. I guess I, I want to say whatever. This is like when we were still, you know, we could like pack local venues and not even try to promote or whatever. You know what I'm saying? 
So this is our 10 year anniversary. We had all the cool kid bands to support us at this place that was, that was kind of cool at the time. And so basically we, we get, we take the stage and everybody had been hanging out. Everybody got drunk and maybe had one too many. And, uh, it was just, uh, it was just a train wreck from start to finish. It was extremely embarrassing because like nobody could seem to find their ass with both hands. And the place was just fucking ridiculously packed, you know, and, uh, we stumped the joint up. And I remember Tumbleweed, the owner at the time, like as soon as we got off and we were walking off the stage, he comes up to me and he looks at me and he's like, are you fucking serious? Are you fucking serious? And he said that twice. Like he was like disgust. I could see it in his eyes. The guy was like so disappointed in us because we, I, he spent a lot of time like promoting it and stuff and everything. And it was like, you know, if you ever like watch the replacements, you know, if you're ever a fan of them and you follow what they did, you know, the show, one show that replacements do, it's awesome. Best band you've ever seen. The next show, it's a goddamn train wreck. Well, we were the train wreck replacements that show. And uh, to me, that was worse. I walked away from that show wondering why we do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, to be fair on this, our guitar player was shit-faced. Yeah. Like, like beyond shit-faced that he didn't, like, couldn't turn his guitar on. Yeah. Like, he didn't know what was going on. He's playing with an amp and he had a switch off. And you're yeah. like... Oh, fuck. He, he was like stepping on his pedals, not on purpose. Right, you know, it was right. just he could barely stand. And have you ever seen the uh, decline of the Western civilization when Chris Holmes was in the pool? Oh, he oh was, yeah. He was drunker than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, uh, so, that, yeah, that was my worst show. So, as the new guy, I'll say I've never seen anything like that out of this. Every show, these guys, you know, it's uh, whatever, whatever that was, that was long in the past. Oh, yeah. It hasn't been like that. I'll say, for me, there was one show that we had that was really kind of weird. I wouldn't say it was a bad show. I think all our shows are pretty good and pretty tight now. Mexico <laughs> Mexico was fun. But, no, I'm thinking of something different. We had maybe just a mismatch, right? Like, And it's funny because my parents were in town. My, my 70-year-old parents actually came to the show one night. We were playing at in the back room of a donut shop in Tucson. Oh, God, yes. And it was I just read. a weird, weird kind of fit. <laughs> they had this donut shop slash music venue. We play in the back. And our opening support act, and again, my parents came out. They were totally looking forward to the show. But the opening support act was like a death metal band. And my parents were like, what is this? And we were like, what is this? And then we got up there. You know, we had a good show and everything, but it was such a weird night, such a weird venue. The whole yeah. thing, such a weird vibe around all of that. But it was, uh, you know. That's Tucson for you. Yeah, that's, that's Tucson. Tucson is weird. Tucson is hit and miss. Um, and I remember that. They that they uh all the outlets for the for us to plug into right. they were up they were like ten feet above like in the rafters and we're like how the fuck are we gonna plug our amps in so the There's guy left yeah he was like you know that's usually like the venue to supply that and nobody really did uh, bring that bring like an extension cord so the owner like drove to his house came back with a you know box of extension cords so it pushed the show back like 20, 30 minutes and then it was just like yeah and then, and, then, and then the closing band. That was a local band there. They ended up, boom, they put their all their stuff on stage, and the guy had, like, a milk crate full of, like, extension cords, outlets. Right. And it's just seriously like, appeared. yeah, fucking dude, you know, like, share or whatever. So, yeah. But there, there's a lot of there's a lot of shows. But, yeah, I, I would say, for me, it's a 10-year reunion. What was yours? Uh, you know, I think I remember the good shows more than the bad shows. <laughs> you tried. That's I, a- I feel at the time there's a lot of bad shows, but you just, you know, you get over them and move on. So, I. I can't think of one. I, I agree with that. That was a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Another cool show story. Another a cool show story. Yeah. Can we say whatever? On this yeah, we can say whatever, right? Are you gonna? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. Our own reputation. Because, yeah, because so uh, wow. I know I know where Matt's going with this, so he's going to go ahead and have the floor right now. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I don't know if I want to sell this guy out or not, though. <laughs> Change the names. Right. Just, just say his name that rhymes. Rhymes with. I mean, I think it's first off. I'm going to open with this. It sounds like this is a pretty fair open thing that I've heard from people before. So I don't think it's like a big like secret, but I don't know if it's like been publicly said. So, but whatever. So there's a guy in this big band that we were talking about earlier that rhymes with Timbo, and, <laughs> and he plays in the band. And I just remember, I just remember that the band that was before us, they were like sucking this dude off, basically, right? And there's so many rockabilly bands that Reverend Horton he plays with, right? So they see him every night. And I get it, and. And Timbo was like, yeah, yeah, like, like whatever, right? But he comes to us, he's like, man, you guys are really cool. You're a really cool band. Like, I like what you guys are doing. And then uh, I just remember I was like, hey, you want to do some blow? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yes, I mean, for sure. So we're like, so we go into their main dressing room. We're like, we're in the bathroom, like, fucking doing a line or whatever. And then, like, I just remember, like, that other band is like, Creeping in the green room. Like, can we come? Like, can we come? Like, hey, remember us? And he's like, we're like, oh fuck! Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, get out of here! It was like, oh, it was like, it was like weird and cool. It's like, all right, we're good. Let's go. You know what I mean? So the rock star lifestyle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. It was probably reminiscent of like that scene in Wayne's World where they're like, you know, hey, come and hang out with Alice Cooper, like. Oh shit, we're not worthy because you know we got we got a, we didn't have a lamp. I mean, we were obviously the, the the you know the support act on stage, or whatever. So they let us through, but like you could tell, there was probably in that little hallway, there was I don't know twenty people that there really was. wanted to go back there and and party and drink, and we got invited, so yeah. we score, yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, they did say we were the coolest band they had played yeah. at the time, so I don't think they were lying, but. Whatever. But that was but, yeah. one night. You it know, was, the next night they're in L.A. Knows, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> so we got that going for right. us. Would you say you would prefer the studio or the stage? Stage. Yeah, stage for sure. Yeah, definitely stage. Um, I, I like studio, but studio can be a headache, and then it just doesn't when – you're, when you're playing live, anything can happen, and it's like you don't know what's going to happen 30 seconds beforehand, you know, or anything like that. Uh, when we made records, I've always had like a, this vision in my head of how it's supposed to sound, and then the final product it sounds different. Not 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 necessarily bad, but like not expecting what I wanted it to sound like. So you you try to capture that moment of what you do live, basically when you're recording, because like the bounds you you record the bands bands how they sound, and if they sound like live, you know we're we're kind of a I think we're at our best when we're all together and. It's kind of borderline sloppy, borderline fall apart, and it rocks and everything. And it's not advantageous to try to, like, overproduce us. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, it's just a, yeah, we're a raw band. And if you try to, like, produce us and polish us and all that kind of stuff, I don't think that works. I don't think we're that kind of band. And so. I think we definitely feed off the energy of a crowd. You know what I mean? So just being in a live venue is is always good for us. You know, it's it's certainly something I, I definitely personally prefer. Um, you know, I, I just I love connecting with the crowd. I love you know putting on a good show for the, for the people out there and just you know making it happen. So yeah, studio is studio is real work. You know what I mean? It it's is. Like, <laughs> the, the stage is the fun, but the studio is real work. You know, you're there. It's gonna be long hours. It's getting everything just perfect, which you know can take a while. And um, you know, 
working with producers, obviously it's, it's, it's cool. And it's, it's really cool to hear back some finished products and stuff like that. But I like, I, there's nothing like getting up on a stage and rocking out for a bunch of fans. And when you're playing live on, on stage, you get paid when you're in the studio, you pay them. That is very true. And, and you don't know when the, you know, all right, show up at seven. Well, does the record button hit at seven or do we show up at seven? You know, <laughs> It rarely, the record button rarely hits at seven. Exactly, yeah. Right. So, but you get charged for being there at seven. So, yeah. Is there a real personal song, a personal favorite, or a song that's real personal to you that that you like playing a lot? Kevin wrote them all, so maybe we've got a personal connection. You know what? Here, here's the thing about that. I, I try to, I try to, I'm, I'm going to go with like the Viv Savage approach, and that's have a good time all the time. And that's kind of like my approach with writing. I, I've never, I, I've kind of always wanted the Earths to be a fun band and not so seriously. That's, that's for some other band to write, you know, heartfelt songs and, you know, things of that nature. That's not to say that I won't or it won't happen with the Earths, but for the most time, I, I, I've always kind of had a vision of this to be like a fun band. We're all, you know, cartoon characters, something that's, you know, we're not to be taking seriously. We're meant to have fun, that type of thing. And I think that reflects in the songwriting. So he writes love songs. They're just about cheap beer, backyard, <laughs> yeah. backyard mercuries propped up on blocks. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, definitely love songs. Yeah, but it's 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 also one of those things too because expanding on us being a cowpunk band, it's kind of funny because bands in our genre, you know, the first thing they do is there's only so many songs that you can write about truck stops. And uh, and and hookers and whiskey, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that that content, there's a limitation on that content, so you have to kind of think of something new and fresh to you know write songs about. And so, for example, like we on our last album, that Jackass Acres, we have a song called uh, Cowlick, and it's basically about having a bad hair day, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of funny, but it's just like after a while, like when you you listen to whatever, it just it works, you know. And so it's just like you know they always say like sing a song, tell a story or whatever. And I think that, you know, that, that was on my mind and it just kind of worked, you know, and, and it, you don't have to, you know, sing about being drunk or, you know, all this other kind of stuff. There was a lot of that in the first album. I will admit that, you know, there's a lot of that type of stuff that's like, you know, stereotypical, but as I think the songwriting progressed, it kind of just kind of worked into like, you know, write whatever we want to write about. Subject matter can be about anything. As long as it has a little bit of a twang to it, we're good.
tell me about El Bachador. Is that a real person? It is. It is. <laughs> so, this is so how much time you got? So this we guy. Got, we got a little while. Yeah. So if, if Badger's listening, we need to timestamp this or whatever. But uh, he's currently in Atlanta, and he actually got us our gig in Atlanta. We played the uh, Smiths on bar. Oh, God. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Case. I don't know if you heard of that, but, yeah, it's just like oh, yeah. you're in the front, if you're in the front of it, you know what I mean? It looks like a one-story bar. You go load in, and it's a goddamn fire escape, and it's like fucking five or six floors of a ladder. You know what I mean? We're talking like an accordion ladder, and that was that was the, the worst load-in ever. Smith's Bar, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, but uh, so uh, Badger is a guy who uh, – the, the story behind that song is – you were in the car with me when he dropped all those I was out. I was, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we just got done with the gig. He was with us. And so what Badger does, he's like, he's a he's a security manager for the Marquee Theater, does production stuff and everything for like the big venue. Everyone knows him as Badger. You don't say his name. It's just Badger. And so when the guy gets like really drunk or ornery or kind of out of control, he puts on this luchador mask, okay? And so uh, it's just one of those weird things. It's like, so at that point, he's not Badger anymore. He's El Badgerador. And he's like, a, he, he's a huge fan of like the Mexican wrestling, the Lucha Libra stuff. He's like super into that. And so like, again, when he gets, when he gets hammered and stuff, he, he wears that luchador mask. So we're done with the show one night. And so we pull into like a 7-Eleven, Circle K, whatnot. And uh, he bought these beers and he came out of the store and he, he's just kind of like one of those crazy guys. He'll come up to a stranger and, you know what I mean? And do that shit and, uh, with, with the wrestling mask on. So it can be quite intimidating. So he's in this store. And uh, he goes, he's like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to buy some beer. So we're like, okay. So we wait in the parking lot. And uh, it was kind of kind of a, a, a far thing. We weren't parked right up at the front. We were kind of parked where the gas pumps were. And so he comes out of the store and he has his cape on and his mask and everything. And he has like the beers. And so he comes out of the store and he holds well both packs. of them up. You know what I mean? He holds both of them up like, ah, I've got two 24 packs of beer. Well, as he's holding them up. The, the little handles give way, and both of them drop to the floor and explode everywhere. And it's like this big, huge, foaming mess. And it's just like, holy crap. And if the security cameras had captured that footage, I, I want to see it. So he drops them all. They, they splatter everywhere, like all over in front of like the, uh, the double-swinging doors. And he stands there for about five seconds, staring down on them, just kind of befuddled. But then he just gets this look of inspiration. He turns around 180, goes right back into the store, and gets 24 more. So that's and that's what it is in the in the in the lyrics and everything. And so he came back out, went and bought some more, and, and like nothing had ever happened, you know. And it was just like he carefully steps over all the broken shards, going back out of that. And we're like looking at him like, what a badass, you know. <laughs> so it just kind of added to his mystique. And we told that story locally around Phoenix. Everybody has heard that story, and uh, that happened probably I don't know a couple years before we actually wrote the song. And then it just kind of like, you know what? We got to write a fucking El Bajador song or whatever. And uh, and it was kind of cool because my wife sang the, like the, you know, like the operatic, you know, like the little mermaid type of shit that's going on in there or whatever. Because she was like, she, she used to sing like opera and she was classically trained. And I'm like, hey, can you do something like an old, like a, like an old, like, you know, kind of a surf tango type of shit or whatever. That was like the aim of it. And I thought we captured it pretty good. So, and that's the story behind that. Yeah. El Bajador, he's a real person. I figured, I figured I figured you did your homework. I'm I'm surprised. <laughs> I figured it was one of you guys. <laughs> yeah, good friend. He's a good friend. He actually in the the true story, about a year and a half ago, he got hit by a fucking train. He was riding his motorcycle, and I never asked him uh, you know, like if he was drunk or not or whatever, but he got hit by a goddamn train, was in the hospital for like four or five months, 
and made a full 100% recovery. If you saw him walking down the street today, you'd never know the guy got pinged by a train. So he's, he's a superhero. So is he a man or is he from outer space? <laughs> Where all have you performed? Have you toured all over America? Yeah, uh, we did a lot years ago. When, I think the last, where, where did we? We, we did 07, 08, we did the... Yeah, we did like this huge East Coast tour, and that's back when we did like Louisville, we did Knoxville, we did Atlanta, everywhere on the East Coast. Um, we went through a little bit of the Bible Belt, um, a lot of stuff on the West Coast, obviously uh, for proximity reasons, like L.A., you know, uh, lots of Vegas, uh, some Seattle, you know, just... Uh, and then we went to Mexico uh, last year. Yeah. Was it last year? Yeah, it was yeah, about, yeah, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Down to uh, this great little beach town that's about four hours south of Phoenix called Puerto Penasco, yeah. Rocky Point. And it, uh, they have a lot of live music down there, and a lot of bands come down from Phoenix and play there. It's a fantastic spot. So we, we've been down there. We had the greatest stage you ever saw with the beach and the sunset. Yeah. The like literally, if you were to step backwards off stage, you would be in the ocean. So it was, that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say, o- over the last since we started, Fuck you, name it. You know what I mean. But we haven't we haven't gotten anywhere lately. But you know you could say, "Ooh, that's about to change" because we just we got a new management team, and we're actually have a we have a call with them tonight to talk about strategies and all that bullshit. You know, and uh, it, it seems pretty cool because uh, they're based in Vegas. They manage uh, casino entertainment there. You know, and so it's kind of a it's it's kind of cool. There are some good people. I think even if nothing happens, we're we're going to be friends for life. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's going to be one of those kind of cool deals. Yeah, I think, you know, coming out of the pandemic, I think what we're looking to do is maybe get some, you know, some bunch of local gigs going, a bunch of gigs around the state of Arizona, and then eventually with the new management team, be able to put together, like, mini tours for maybe, like, a long weekend type of thing. Where we do, Regional like, shit. Vegas, Regional San Diego, yeah. Phoenix, L.A. kind of thing. That, and, definitely uh, you know, West Coast Regional. I yeah. mean, like, you know, you, take, you always take the opportunities when they pop up. But, I mean, it's just like, you know, I don't know if we have anything on the radar – about going anywhere far, you know what I'm saying? So, hey, like, if you got the money, we will travel. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> we we just, to pay, we're going, if we're anyone's going listening to this, we'll play. We'll play in fucking Nepal if you pay for the plane ticket. You know what I mean? If we don't have to pay anything, we'll be there. <laughs> you know, since we usually get two free beers each, guy right. for Nepal we want four, but uh, we can negotiate. He's lying. We get twelve free beers every show. Right. Don't forget that. He has mine. <laughs> yeah. Again, as long as we don't have to, we don't have to pay out of our own pocket anywhere. We're there. So, do you love Las Vegas? Yes, I do. <laughs> A little bit too much, probably. Yeah. We, yeah, we uh, we played a lot of venues there, and it was kind of funny because before the pandemic hit, we were supposed to play. They got this cool. Uh, there's this cool venue called Evil Pie, which sells pizza. And then if you turn around 180, there's a stage there, and rock and roll bands play there, and it's kind of Evil Knievel uh, themed type of pizza place. And that, 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 I was really bummed about that because yeah. as soon as it's like literally the day after, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. it, it happened. It's like, you know, oh, well, guess what? We're going to, we're going to cancel it. And we worked really hard to get these shows. And, you know, it was just kind of a, it kind of sucked. It was kind of a letdown because I think within a week, that's when we had our publishing shit. And then, and then we had this management thing and then like shows and everything just, just fucking stopped. We were literally hitting our stride right yeah. around March of, March of last year, last year when everything (laughs) kind of shut down. So um, we did one, you know, kind of online music festival during the course of the pandemic that we performed in. And, um, you know, we rehearsed, we we a lot, you know, look, it's, it's, 
you know, I mean, we do it for the stage, we do it for the album stuff, but I just love getting together with these guys on yeah. Thursday nights and jamming and making music and drinking a few beers and having some fun. And so, yeah, we, we've stayed together and stayed pretty tight during this whole thing, even if we couldn't be out doing it for fans. Um, but we're hoping to get back out there again really soon. We got yeah. our first show coming. We just announced it back here in Phoenix. So. Yeah, matter of fact, it's like our little, literally, probably, you could throw a rock and hit it from here, a place called Chopper John's. And uh, that's July 2nd. We finally got our first show. It's going to be 15 months of not playing. Yeah. And so that's finally going to come to an end, July 2nd. Tell me about uh, Jackass Acres. The song or the actual place? Because it's a real place. Is it a real place? Yeah. I absolutely want to hear about this. Okay, so so the real place, the re- and, and this is sad because they're tearing the building down. So it's kind of funny. Like I, I To me, Arizona has always been like, in our second album, we have a song called Kicking the Cowboys Out. I don't know if you heard that one or whatever. But uh, it's kind of what it is. Is I'm kind of like looking at Arizona, and like when I first moved here, Arizona was full of cowboys. It was western, you know what I mean. You could, you go win anywhere, and it was like it was it was it was a cowboy type of place. It was a shit kicker town. Well, Phoenix is getting huge, and it's just like all these condos are coming up, and all these skyscrapers and bullshit, and it's like they're kicking the cowboys out. No more wild, wild west. Yeah, no more wild, wild west, so to speak. You know, and um, so. Jackass Acres is a place that was in New River, Arizona, which is uh, about an hour north of Phoenix. Yeah, about yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah, hour. somewhere on there. And, and uh, you know, they have like the country bars there or whatever. So it was like this little general store. It's a real, you could, you could type it up and look at Jackass Acres like images. I'm sure we'll be in there, but there's like this old, old fucking general store. And they had it there from like the 60s all the way up until about, I would say, 2005 or somewhere around there. And then it just folded because all these new, like, quick trips and all these, like, mega gas stations are sprouting up everywhere, right? So, lo and behold, there was, like, that shell station in New River, like, right off the freeway. This gigantic 18-fucking-pump shell station or whatever opened up, and it basically killed the mom-and-pop place, which was Jackass Acres. And uh, as as legend would have it, um, there's this bar in New River called The Roadrunner, and they said that the reason why they called it Jackass Acres was because behind this Jackass Acres, the convenience store, was like basically this donkey farm where like there's like four or five acres of nothing but donkeys that were <laughs> held there or they stayed there or they were breeding them or you know what I mean? It was just like a field full of donkeys, so that's why they kind of called it Jackass Acres. That's all that shit's gone now. It's long gone and it, like whatever buildings are left are kind of ruins and whatnot, but that that's where it came from. And so it was just kind of like, when we wrote the song about it, it was just like, I wonder what this place was like if you walk through the doors and say 1964, you know what I mean? And, and it was, it was kind of written from that perspective. Cause I think the only thing left that there now is like a sign and maybe the light where the gas pump was, it had a single gas pump. It was like one of those places from like Archie Bunker or whatever, you know, like say, say, fill up your car, you know, that type of thing, you know, where you could actually see the gas and the little float or whatever. It was, it was that old school. Yeah, one of the things that sucks about Phoenix, if anything is old here, they fucking tear it down, you know? So there's, the, like, any, anything that was built, like, 100 years old, that you know, some cool brick structure or something, fuck it, knock it down, build a stucco, you know, that type of thing. And that's another thing of, like, kicking the cowboys out, you know, that type of thing. That inspired you to write the song Jackass Acres, huh? <laughs> Yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> it's a great song and a great video. <laughs> yeah, we, I'll tell you what, we had a lot of fun making that video. And like the budget for that video was zero. Spent nothing doing that because it was all my daughter's toys. They wanted puppets and stuff. And and it was just kind of like, you know, they weren't using them. So I was like, you know what? These are all farm animals. You know, I'm thinking, and then like, 
we could we could do something with this and you know like where we where we rehearse it's a big room so it's just like we can make like a little stage a little prop type of thing and yeah and it, and it was it was a whole lot of fun doing making we had that. little practice amps that when you put them next to the puppets look like stacks yeah and gorillas <laughs> yeah, yes dude on top of those we had like the little airport bottles like the airplane bottles like jack and jim beam and stuff like that that looked like they were full-size you know liquor bottles on i'm, top I'm of gonna share with you two things that i loved about that video first one was when uh jeff he was the wolf puppet that was off to the side and he was he was like bobbing his head and he had the cigarette in his mouth and he hit the mic and like that, those little ashes came out or the little sparks or whatever. That was not planned. And that was like really, really cool. And then the next one was when the drums, when the little rabbit on the drums hit that cymbal right in sync. It was like, that wasn't planned. It hit it right there. And I'm like, holy shit, that was perfect. And so those are my two favorite, two favorite things of that whole thing. And those were happy accidents. Wasn't planned. Wasn't anything. You got anything you'd like to plug in before we wrap this up? <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's just kind of, we, we've got a lot of that. We've got our herbs. It's www.theherbs.com. Uh, our Facebook page is, you know, just go into Facebook and type The Herbs. We're on Instagram. Instagram yeah. We're on Twitter. If you just if you just type it up, The Herbs, just like it's spelled, you know what I mean? It, um, you'll find us. It's like there's all, all kinds of stuff where you could, like, give address and stuff. But just just Google us. You'll find us. We've, we've been around. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, hopefully we got some new music coming up in the not-too-distant future. We've got a lot of shows that we're in the process of booking right now. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're talking to the management tonight to figure out, you know, kind of how to conquer the world again. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're excited. Thank you so much for having us, brother. Yeah. So, everybody, be sure to check out the Facebook for the Herbs. Are you, you have a YouTube channel? Yes, it's a... Uh... Well, they, we're all over YouTube, but like my personal one that I do, like the Herbs videos, is called Cactus Patch Productions. So I'll I'll plug that, and that's where most of our videos are are come from. I, I had a I had a uh, a little small production little outfit going on, and then COVID killed that. So I'm just gonna uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and well, because you couldn't do live events, you know what I mean? And I I was doing small stuff, and uh, COVID killed that. So now I'm just using that YouTube channel for like making fun. Dick and fart movies and music videos, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it's entertaining if it comes from you guys because you're a very entertaining band. Be sure to check check out everything, all their social media, theherbs.com. And if you're if you're listening, please listen on whatever platform. This is available on Amazon. It's available on Spotify. It's available on Radio Public. It's available on Breaker. Hey, this is Uncool Randy with your dumb fudging joke for the thing. How many farts does it take to screw in a light bulb? More than three, I guess. That is all our time we have for now. Thank you for listening to Undergroundopolis. Remember, we do this every Wednesday night, bringing you new and exciting artists every week. Be sure to hit up their websites and social media and stream or download their music. If you like this show, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, any streaming platform. 
and leave us a review as well. I'm your host, Rob Lyon, signing off.